Hello everybody, you have Jake flying solo today and I'm just going to be giving you guys a quick little mini-sode here where I run through all the films I've seen this summer and give them some quick little rankings. With that being said, we're going to start off, we're going to do this in reverse. Instead of starting off at the bottom and build to the top, which is I feel like what I normally do, we're going to lead, lead off the top of the order with the big ones, the must-sees. These five films are the best films of the summer and probably going to be the best films of the year so far after what I thought was a slow start to the year. Um, but first, number one, it's got to be Barbie. I'm ready to do a full pot on this whenever Seth watches it, but I really love this film. I thought it was funny, insightful, and that it managed to elevate and celebrate the source material, which is really saying something when we're talking about a doll. As someone who's seen several G.I. Joe and Transformers films and Ouija films, um, I'm going to be honest, this one really goes beyond just being a good film about IP or good IP property. It's just a great film. It has something that parts of it feels old-fashioned too because it's this classic tentpole, two major stars, Gosling, Margot Robbie, um, and just a star-studded beautiful cast. And despite all, all of its... There's a ton of themes, messaging, various settings. There's a ton going into the movie, but ultimately it's about boys versus girls. And I just thought it was a really fun, really smart, really great film. Couldn't recommend seeing Barbie enough. Number two, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer might be the more impressive of the two films. Um, and the reason I say that is even though it's made about half of the money that Barbie has... It's a three-hour historical drama that's rated R and that doesn't have any actual action. And it's just crossed $800 million, and it's still going. So I think that's really impressive. To me, though, this film is more than just a technical achievement or box checker from Nolan. This is Nolan's best film since Inception. And it's really the best, his best use of, or his best use or manipulation of time to tell a story across most, multiple time periods. We've seen him do this in a lot of films, even going back to Memento. Uh, but this film, I think, is up there with Memento in terms of his execution um, of playing around with time and use, using time and various times and time frames to tell a story. Beyond that, the acting, cinematography, score, even the costumes were incredible. Uh, there was one or two times where I felt like Nolan let his background noise kind of intrude on the actual dialogue, which is frustrating, but outside of that, it, it was a near-pitch perfect film. Loved Oppenheimer. Number three on the list, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Easily the most emotional I was watching any film this year. Uh, it does get a bit of an incomplete grade, though, given the fact it ends on a cliffhanger. However, ultimately, this film picked up where the first film left off, advanced the story, expanded the world, and challenged our heroes. This film gave me all the feels, and while it does stretch a bit at two and a half hours, it's worth every second, and earns every second. Number four on the list, Dungeons & Dragons. This one is just a personal re recommendation. I'm not even a huge Dungeons & Dragons fan. I've never actually played it. Uh, but as everyone knows, I'm a huge fantasy nerd, and I'm also a huge Chris Pine fan. This scratches both itches at once. Pine is perfect as the lovable scoundrel, and the supporting cast are all equally suited to their roles. The film's a bit exposition-heavy, but has an excellent opening, a strong sense of humor, uh, some good montages, good montage, as well as several in-jokes that all help alleviate that issue. I mean, this is ultimately a heist film disguised as an epic fantasy quest. 
It's really just a fun throwback uh, that reminds me really the most of Willow with a blend of fantasy, horror, and family-friendly action. Okay, number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. This was Gunn's third and final MCU film. Uh, his goodbye to the team and the universe, uh, and he really nailed it. This film did well, well in theaters, uh, and it was also successfully with both critics and fans. Uh, it's clearly a win. I will be honest, though, I wasn't quite as sad uh, or surprised to see this team break up by the end. Um, while I did love the film, uh, to be honest, some of the drama we've had over the last few years with Gunn and Bautista, uh, I've just gotten tired of it. Um, and uh, along with comments from Saldana, just mentioning how she's kind of over this phase of her career. And not negatively. I get it. If they want to move on, they're more than welcome to do that. Uh, but I will say this. Actors, the only thing that I dislike more than athletes complaining about contracts or their life are actors. And in fact, I actually have more, I have more sympathy for athletes uh, because they're drafted and don't get, don't get to choose who they work with or play for or play with. And I do get a little annoyed when these actors like Bautista uses the role of Drax to break out and then five years later is complaining about the role of Drax. But I'll, I'll let that lie. Um... I don't want to be negative. This is a positive review. I really, the film is great. I think it did a really good job of advancing the individual characters while giving them all opportunities to shine, not just within action moments, but also in character moments. Um, and also there's real character growth from most, if not all of the characters by the end of the film. It was also just good to see the first Marvel team or team up in four years, which is the first time since Endgame. So I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely recommend watching it, whether you're a fan or not. And even if you're not the biggest fan, you'll, the, the film does a good job of bringing you up to speed on what's been going on in the universe in the first five minutes. So you can jump in cold and, and pick it up pretty quickly. Okay, doke. Those are the top five. Quickly running through it again. Barbie, Oppenheimer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Dungeons and Dragons, Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. Soak that in for a minute, and then we're going to move on to the next batch. Okay, we're back. We're now going to be moving on to films 6 through 10. These films, I'm referring to them as the bullpen. They're good films that I enjoyed. I, I definitely rec recommend them. Uh, they just didn't click with me like the first five did and because we're doing a little baseball thing here i realize first five are the starters these next five will be the bullpen so number six super mario brothers uh this is the second biggest movie of all year barbie just overtook it actually and i did enjoy this film to be honest though i didn't find it as charming as other children's movies i've seen either recently or historically but with that being said it was a fun movie jack black as bowser though was pitch perfect casting and he just became a real scene stealer. So it's a fun little family movie. Definitely recommend Super Mario Bros. Number seven, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. This is another fun little kids movie uh, coming from Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Uh, it's actually the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film to really focus on the teenage aspect of the characters, which I really enjoyed. Uh, with that being said, I'm no longer in that headspace, obviously, as a 30-year-old adult. So I feel like some of the humor or appeal might have been lost on me. Um, but with that being said, really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a great and welcome addition to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles canon. And I, I really hope 
I get to see more of these characters. I thought it was cool. And the other thing, the animation, I was not big on at first, but once I saw it with the 3D, I thought it looked great. Number eight, Air. This is a sports drama from Amazon Prime starring Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, and it's ultimately about Nike's courtship of Michael Jordan. I enjoy this film. Um, I think I spoke about it. Seth and I spoke about it, so I won't any, add anything else. But it's a well-acted, earnest drama. Definitely recommend it. Feel-good story as well. Number nine, No Hard Feelings. This is an R-rated comedy starring Jennifer Lawrence. And it was a funny adult comedy. We don't get a lot of those anymore. Um, to be honest, this is the type of film that I felt should be seen in theaters. Not that you can't watch it at home. But between the star power of Jennifer Lawrence and just some, uh, th there are a couple of things in the film, specifically this beach fight, and I won't say anything else. Um, this film liked me. It surprised me in a couple ways because um, I went into it lukewarm, but I left really enjoying it. By no means perfect, but definitely a fun film. All right. Number 10, rounding out the second tier of films, Sisu. This is a violent little Finnish movie. It takes place during the Lapland War of World War II. That was when the Finns fought the Nazis during the closing stages of World War II. Um, it is dark. It is violent. It definitely has some Tarantino-esque vibes, um, although more not as humorous, uh, but it definitely has some Tarantino vibes. I recommend this film. Not a day film, though. This is like a late-night action horror. Not horror. This is a late-night action genre film fun and certainly recommend it okay so the second tier of films super mario brothers teenage mutant ninja turtles air no hard feelings sisu these movies are all great recommend them as well they just didn't quite click with me so they're missing that first tier but those are the top 10 of the summer all right soak that in for a moment and i'm gonna be back and we're gonna round this out with the toss-ups as well as the bottom dwellers Okay, we are back. I'm referring to this next tier of films, or the next five films, as the toss-ups. 11 through 15. These are films that I enjoyed, um, but they're flawed. Uh, I like them, but they're flawed. So basically, these are films that I wouldn't recommend unless there's something that appeals to you about it or if you're interested. And if you're interested in these films, then I would say they're worthwhile. Okay, topping off this list. Number 11, John Wick. Excuse me, John Wick 4. I believe I already talked about this. This film is great. Uh, it is the fourth and apparently final chapter in the John Wick saga, uh, which was really feel, feels like a major action franchise that Keanu and the studio, studio kind of stumbled into. Uh, but I liked it. I liked it more than 3. 3 to me felt like it was starting to strain a little bit um, in terms of excitement. 4 had the verve, uh, really the energy of the first two films, and it to me, it felt like there was a little more meaning and purpose in it and that it didn't feel like it was just a cash grab and there was more story to tell that made sense. Uh, with that being said, it does stretch a little long at nearly three hours. So I thought it was a little indulgent with the, the timing, but good film. I really enjoyed it. Number 12 on the list. Mission Impossible 7 Part 1. Um, I, there are a lot of things I enjoyed about this film. However, I mentioned before that um, earlier on in the list how Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse gets a bit of an incomplete. Um, 
this is also an incomplete because it's a part one. That I'm not being harsher on it just because it's split. Um, but I will say this. I like Mission Impossible 7 Part 1. However, it is very long at nearly three hours. And while I enjoyed it, my biggest issue was a big thread of the film is trying to introduce us or set up Ethan Hunt's life before he joined the IMF. And the only issue is there is we're now seven hours or excuse me, seven films into this franchise, and they're trying to build this backstory that we haven't had a hint of yet. It just feels a little crammed in, a little unearned. So while I like the film, the story for me kind of, it's a, the story isn't as smooth or as well-fitted as the last few films. And to be honest, it's just a little overlong, and it's too long a film with not enough story, and the story itself... Um, yeah, it's, you, you can kind of see where it feels like it's jamming a square peg in a round hole at points. Okay, number 13 for me is Blue Beetle. Uh, this is a fun little family movie, and it actually thrives in the emotional and family aspect of the film or story, but struggles with the bigger superhero action set pieces. Uh, I mean, all in all, it two hours, it's a fun family film. It's it's not something I would recommend to uh, my buddies if they have a night off with the kids to watch it, but if they're looking for something, a film they want to watch with the family or they want to watch their nephews or kids that's friendly, I would recommend this film. It's a fun family film, worth watching. Okay. Number 14, I'm going to give to Flash. Uh, I actually really like Flash the first time I saw it. I rewatched it recently, and some as- certain aspects of it um, didn't wear as well upon rewatch. I thought certain, I will say this, watching the second time, the CGI stood out more. Some of the humor um, didn't land as well, and it did feel longer uh, than it did the first time. With all that being said, I still remember the, the first viewing is fun. It's a fun film. It does some things that you haven't seen before. It tries to do things differently from superhero films. Um, and ultimately, I enjoyed it. And even though this hurts to say because I don't like him personally, I think Ezra Miller does an incredible job in the roles. Uh, the story and writing lets him down at certain points. But overall, he does a good job. I realize now I'm spending more time on these films that are toss-ups than the ones I really liked. So I'm probably doing too much, too much, spending too much time here uh, equivocating. But... Last one on the toss-up list, we got Fast X. Fast X, it, or Fast 10, number 10 in the franchise, I think 11 or 12 if you count spinoffs. Um, the only thing I'll say about this film, this film to me is like the definition of turgid and bloated. Um, it, there's just so many people there, there's no stakes. Um, the only reason it's on this list and not in the bottom dwellers is because Jason Momoa is really great. There's still great action scenes in it, and Jason Momoa just eats up the screen as the villain. So really couldn't recommend him anymore. Uh, He's just great. So yeah, these are the toss-ups. You got John Wick. You got Mission Impossible. You got Blue Beetle. You got Flash, and you got Fast X. All right, soak that in for a minute. We're going to be right back to round out with the bottom dollars. (laughs) 
Okay, everybody, we're back, and we're going to knock out the last five films off this summer movie list. These are the bottom dwellers. These are the stinkers. I'm not going to lie. A couple of these hurt me to put on there, but I had to be honest. Top of this list, number 16, Renfield. I really wanted to like this film. It's the Nicolas Cage, Nicholas Holt, Aquafina film. Um, coming off of the unbearable weight of massive talent last year and just Nick Cage resurging. I also like Aquafina and Nicholas Holt. There's a lot going for this film. And ultimately, it just wasn't really that funny. It didn't really work on an action level, a romantic level, or a comedic level. It's not bad. It's somewhat enjoyable, but it's not really memorable. And so that, that's why I'm putting it here. It kind of hurts, as I'm saying it, putting it below some of the films uh, I had above it, like uh, Fast X or even Flash. But to be honest, like th- those films might have, those films did things better than Renfield did, honestly. And Renfield is, yeah, I would describe Renfield like gum. You can, while you're enjoying it, while you're enjoying it, you're like, oh, this is fine. And then once you spit it out, you'll never think about it again. Number two. Sticking with vampires here, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. This film, this was a horror film. I'm not going to mention who came out. This was a horror film that came out in August. Um, it's about, based on a chapter of a book from Dracula about when they're bringing the body over to England. Um, yeah, this film, I'll be honest, this film was really bad. I actually left a little early. Um, I walked out, not because it was so bad, um, but I just... I was very bored. I guess that isn't a detriment of being bad. Yeah, I, I did not find this film scary. I didn't think the characters were likable. There was nothing memorable about the film. And every time it tried to make me feel scared, I felt like I was just bored. So I do not recommend Last Voyage of the Demeter. And I was really disappointed. I really wanted to like that film as well. All right, we're going to wrap up the last three here all at once. Because really, there's three films and they've all, all in similar situations. Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, and Scream 6. All three of these films are franchise, all three of these films are franchise films. Um, they're all sequels in one sense or another, whether it's Shazam 2 or Scream 6, or I think Transformers is on number 7 or 8 now, might be in the ninth film. Uh, all three of these films and franchises have the exact same issue. They feel tired. They feel bored. Uh, they ha- ha- lack purpose. And they feel like movies that are being made to make money, um, but with no artistic license or even creative message or like there's just, to me, it feels like movie making by numbers, which is the worst type of movie making. There's no charm. There's no character. There's no real magnetism bringing me to any of these films. Um, I mean, Shazam 2, that franchise is done. Transformers might be on its way out. Scream 6, Scream is still thriving. It's a horror franchise. They'll be going, it's like Scream 30 or Scream 40. But yeah, those films are all disappointing. So yeah, The Bottom Dwellers, Renfield, Last Voyage of the Demeter, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, Shazam 2, Scream 6. A couple stinkers there. So that rounds out the list. I hope you all enjoyed listening to this list. And if you haven't seen these films, by all means, Please check out the ones I recommended. And you know what? Maybe check out some of the ones I didn't like. Maybe you'll like them where I didn't. All right. I want to thank you all for your time. It's been great chatting with you. 
Enjoy your Labor Day weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Later.